day, good evening, y'all, or whatever time it is that you guys are hearing this. It's about uh, uh, midnight, Thursday night, turning into Friday morning. Day one of Spiel 2019 is in the books. I'm yes. tired. It's been a long day. It has been a very long day, and yep, I'm gonna go there. My feet are absolutely killing me. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a lot of walking on cement and just, I don't care how comfortable your shoes are, your feet are hurting at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, I'm sure everybody end. who went today is in the same boat. For sure. Uh, all right. So uh, pretty much we headed to the Mesa 9am this morning. We get in early for being media with the media passes and then just proceeded to start picking up games. Now the thing is, Today is, was the only day that we have the entire day sure. to pick up games for the show because after this, we're going to be spending a couple hours each day, or I guess technically a few hours each day, at the Board and Dice booth uh, to just meet listeners, viewers, patrons, anybody that wants to buy merch, uh, and anybody else that uh, wants to meet with us can do so. Yeah, so we'll be there three to six tomorrow. Friday. And three to six on Saturday. And then I think it's three to five on, on Sunday. On Sunday, that makes sense. Um, and that's Hall 2? Yep, Hall 2 C112. One, one, yep. And then obviously tomorrow night is the big meetup uh, at Fritzpatrick's. So after the hall closes, head over to Fritzpatrick's. If you're listening to this, uh, although probably most, I think it's going to go live about the time that goes, but you get the idea. That said, let's just power through a bunch of the games here that we picked up today. Uh, the Magnificent from Aporta Games that is a game that looked as good as what I expected it to. So that was a positive. Pick mm -hmm. that up. I, and these aren't in any particular order. It's the order in which we took the picture uh, after they were loaded into the boxes uh, to be loaded up onto the pallet. So right. Magnificent, Zoocracy, which I talked about, that uh, looked a lot better and a lot more involved than what I originally thought it Animal was Animal government, to be. right? Yeah. Uh, they, they decided they, they got autonomy for what do you, animal anthropomorphize that animals and uh they have parliament they have to uh yeah. get elected to seats the whole nine yards sounded great so pick that up crusader kings which that's based on a video game not just a video okay. game okay but it is one of those games that has a serious following mm -hmm. and it, it is it's the equivalent of like a high frontier level game right. of a video game. It's about uh, uh, running a kingdom or, or, or a duchy or whatever over the course of many, many generations. And you don't always can uh, control the type of offspring that you get. And I don't mean by sex, whether they're male, female, whatever, you know, over the course in right. the middle ages, whatever, but also whether or not they're competent to rule. And it's a massive video game line mm. that Crusader Kings is. Interesting. That said, uh, when we went by the booth today and I introduced myself, it was nice to hear, oh, I know who you are. Oh, great. It also was awesome having uh, uh, a somebody wearing a heavy cardboard t-shirt was in the demo that was running. So that was, that was pretty cool. But it was an interesting conversation because Crusader Kings, porting it from a video game to a board game, 
literally you can't port everything because it's just it's too epic in scope it's too understood yeah and so there are going to be some concessions made but i'm very curious and i'm leery about the game i don't have high expectations because the video game is so in-depth and so detail-oriented and it's such a massive uh ip within the video game world that i just i, I mean just ha- because it can't reach that level doesn't mean it's not going to be good though. agreed but it's tempered my expectations which okay. gives it a good chance to exceed those expectations. i prefer that that's why i keep expectations right up. so there you go uh, also picked up a uh, chocolate factory mm. uh, which looked like a fun little game yeah picked up uh the last two from the taiwan board design yep uh did chang uh second edition and electropolis mm-hmm. and then we went uh, a little bit heavy in just the way the, the pictures turned out of Thinky Fillers. We stopped by the DeVere booth right. after having talked to them. And I know Matt from DeVere and asked him what he thought would be good Thinky Filler yes. type games for the show. Um, so Lavinia we had seen in the press room. Right. And that looked interesting. It looks simple. I don't know how compelling of a game it is but the theme you know making yeah. wine okay we'll see I like that i like drinking it and i like i like games about making wine so so far it's got a good lineage let's see how Starting it turns off out well. right yeah yeah and then there was paris right i think it was paris something or other but uh that one there actually... is a subtitle but we also saw that in the press room um where it's kind of a little city builder um build buildings based on your color or wild color um, so that's interesting. A near lamps. Lamps gave you bonus points. I right. Think, right. Um, and kind of Tetrisy sort of with placing bit. the buildings yeah. out there. So we'll see. These are brief overviews that we get because obviously we're not going to get 10 minute demos nope. no time of for all that. these games because simply no time. But mm-hmm. it sounded interesting. And then and there was a uh, Karakare. Karakare, I think, or something that's, like that. That's, I think, how we pronounce it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Which I have no idea what the theme is mm-hmm. in this, but it looked. Okay, so uh, they thought that all three of those plus there's an older game, Silk. Yes, right. That you're a little bit more familiar. Yeah, with I, I had was. seen that before, uh, and actually, a patron had said, "Oh, they have Silk. You should check that out." So, okay. So I, I actually, while Matt was running me through uh, a bunch of these kind of high level overviews, Yarun um, from Splatter came <laughs> yes. around, yep. and then uh, I, it's funny. I know him as. Dennis from Sweden, uh, he came over yes. and there were uh, a couple Chisholm other, was there. Uh, Chisholm was there and I think one or two other patrons actually stopped Another by. Yeroon, who yes. won the contest winner Yeroon. Right, the, the, the Gen Con giveaway, the yes. massive live streaming through Gen Con giveaway winner. So we had a little by. circle going while you were learning about these games. Right, but. and then I came over, I was like, oh, hey, it's mm-hmm. like a heavy cardboard little meetup here. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, but Silk sounded kind of interesting as far as uh, you're harvesting still silk from silkworms. Yeah. And, but then there's... You know, the I think it's the rancher that can uh, like push your silkworms around, mm-hmm. and then there's the dog that can chase them around, and then there's some equivalent to some sort of monster that eats your silkworms, mm-hmm. but there are fences that can be built up to Protect block them. off areas. Yeah. It it sounded all right. I it, again, um, thinky filler. I I hope it's good. 
Well, and luckily we'll be taking a look at all of these and deciding before hand, Streaming right? so, or, exactly. or, or talking about them on the podcast. So there's yep. that. Then there was Sencha from Paco Yanez, who I know him as the designer of Oilfield, which is a, call it a midweight euro about uh, right. prospecting and, and selling oil that I enjoyed far more than I ever expected to. Mm-hmm. And so while I don't expect Sencha to be at that level of enjoyment, um, it's still a game that I'm looking forward to. Right. And while we were there, uh, they also kind of pitched us a uh, another thinky filler called Kaizen. Yeah, a little bit of an abstract game, but it looked like it had some interesting decisions to make. So that looked fun too. Right. So they were like, "Yeah, take that and if Lunchtime you like it, yeah, yeah, if you like it, and then then do so." Um, then there was a game of beautiful art. Oh, Kami. Yeah, we had seen that. The art looked really good, and uh, it had been described to us. Or I think I had received that pitch downstairs at the press um, thing yesterday. So stop by to take a look at that. And the artist was there and got to meet her. And she was very shy and very surprised, I think, that we were so excited about her art. Um, so that was fun. It, it It's... <sighs> I don't want to say cute because that seems to somehow like diminish it, but it was really adorable to see how shy, like you, you, you care that and we're like, you yeah, want to meet the right, artist. Right, like, right, yeah, exactly. she was pretty shocked. And, and this was her second game that she had done the art for. And when I say, if you take a look at this game, it is really, really well done. The art is superb. I'm surprised it's only her second game, but she also had done children's uh, books illustrations as well as comic books and i'm not surprised because she clearly has been doing this for a while so that's kami mm-hmm. and then uh next is uh the probably the strangest name a little bit plunderbund yes yes uh so stop by that booth you had put that on your list right to, to, to check out right yeah mm-hmm. uh so pick that up and they were pretty excited about us taking a look at that so that was just Yep. And then uh, Mega City Oceana. So uh-huh. I hope this this is funny and comes across the right way. But uh, so went up to uh, Hub Games, which is who this is. And we went in there and like, hey, who's in charge of your media? Yada, yada, yada. And uh, found out it was um, Michael Fox, who right. I know well from um, Holding On. He designed that game. And I know him from, I think it's Little Metal Dog Show podcast, I think is what it was. Oh, cool. Um, but anyway, and they were like, yeah. He, but he was busy. He, he was, was giving he was a, a overview of a game. Right, a, exactly. A demo of it. So he spoke to the CEO. Right. Or co-owner of it or something like that. Right. I guess that would be CEO. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he came over and he's like, oh, yeah. Are you on the list? And I'm like... Uh, I answered. I was like, no, we're probably not. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, but interested. And he was just kind of smiling. Right. And so I didn't see this. And so I turned around and I saw Michael. He literally is like a foot behind me yes. uh, in, in the booth demoing. And he kind of did a double take. He saw me. He's like, oh, hey, Edward. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, and I was like, so apparently we're not on the list to pick up a copy. And the owner's like, oh, and he's telling you this at this point that 
Right. Well, Michael looked at him. He's like, can you give him a game? And the co-owner's like, I'm just messing with him. (laughs) Yeah, I was always going to. I just wanted to make him sweat a little. It was was funny. It was funny. I I hope that comes across as funny and not like entitled. Uh, Just I was like, oh, no. No, because the the cute thing is that you're still like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, I don't want to bother you. And he's like, I was always giving you the game. I'm just messing with you. Okay, I think it'll show well. It's a strategy dexterity game about building cities. It looks really cool. And he was telling us the story. So this is based on Jordan Draper's game. Right. Um, And I'm not going to try and pronounce it. It's one of the Tokyo games. And it was kind of a collaborative collaborative idea yes. that got talked about like oh um you know what you're missing with this it's jihatsu or yes. I'm, I'm butchering it so. so he was like instead of just building and putting it away you can create these buildings and put them out and then people can kind of take pride in what they created and see it and and make it like more of a dexterity game Which, with okay. creation i'm not huge on dexterity games but i enjoy them oh absolutely and, and when you pair something like that with a strategy game yes. which like the the first one that comes to mind to me like that is bandu or bausack which is a dexterity like stacking game with auctions mm-hmm. which is phenomenal and why we haven't streamed that yet i don't know but i digress and so when i kind of heard about this <laughs> and i saw the pictures i was like that just looks compelling yeah it and it doesn't disappoint in person so you know i mean Press photos or photos on BGG are one thing, but when you see this, its table presence really does shine through. Yeah, this is one of those games to where when people are going to be playing it, whether it's at a uh, convention or at like a a game day where there's multiple tables, people are going to be like, oh, your local game store. Yeah, people are going to come over and check it out. So he I don't think he was wrong. And I'm looking forward to to checking that out. Now, uh, kind of sticking with the uh, with the thinky fillers, there were, okay, fine, full disclosure, I don't know if they're thinky fillers. They're all fillers. However, there were a couple of them that we saw that were on my list. Uh, we saw Media Day. Yes. But there was one in particular, and I think it's from a company called XV, like yeah. uh, the letter X, uh, X-Ray Victor yeah. for phonetically. XV right, mm-hmm. XV Games. Um, there's a game called Charte or mm-hmm. something along the lines of that. It's from Reiner Kinesia, but it's, it's, I'm a bit of a map cartographer or a map file, whatever. Yes. I like maps. You like maps. And this game has some beautiful map type artwork. Yeah. Like old school map from like And everything in it, he was saying for the iconography was, you know, cartography. Right. Um, It's historical. So real things that you'd see. And it's a game with like eight or nine tiles. And that's it. But beautifully done. Like the colors on it. So it was very, very pretty. So that was what originally drew me to it. But another one was a uh Wizards Garden. Yes, uh, which is uh, very much Two player simple, abstract, abstract mm-hmm. which I, I, I'm pretty keen on. Yep. We saw that. Then uh, the story behind this next one I thought was really cool. It's called Vivaldi. Mm-hmm. And so the XV games, they're from Italy. Mm-hmm. And apparently this game is 300 years old. Yes. And they what they did is they took the, it's not a inspired by or an interpretation of that game. It's that game. Right. It's specifically for 
five players. Mm-hmm. That's all. It can't play four, can't play less, can't play more than five. It's for five. And they kind of, they streamlined a little bit the, the way the scoring is done, apparently. Okay. But that's it. It is a true 300-year-old game that they yeah, published that's just in this, cool in itself right, right there. So I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I want to check that out. That's, mm-hmm. that, uh, I'm in. Uh, Libraria, which is their first uh, self-published game. Boy, they yeah, designed, his own yeah, design. Right. Exactly. And then there was, uh, there was Greener. Greener, which is kind of, it reminds me of... I forget the name of the game, but it has those like plastic uh, pyramid looking pieces to it. It, it. Pyramid Arcade? That's it. Yes. That would, so that would be with the pyramid plastic pieces. Oh, I love me some Pyramid Arcade. I, There's we, something like 1,200 games you can play with Pyramid Arcade. You know this, right? Uh, There's a coin you can win if you submit a game idea and they take it in. That's one of my favorite ideas like systems, for a game box right? okay. yeah so this is not pyramid arcade but it no might, but it uses those cones well, keep in mind pyramid arcade is just games designed around those pyramids so, so in a way it it's an be. extension of okay. all right well, um, but enough. greener all right yeah um so now what we've saved kind of for the end here is the very pleasant surprises that uh we came across today so the first one is warp gate so this game uh that was on my list to check out space theme game yes so we walked up or we were kind of loitering near the booth because here's how this works there were 230 call exactly it, games on my okay i want to at least take a look at list and we're not going to get pitches on 230 games because no. sometimes you're going to kind of walk up and you're going to see a game and be like oh nope moving on let's just mark that off the list mm-hmm. let's just keep going then there are others to where you're looking at it and you're like maybe yeah and then at that point maybe you get a, a an overview or a pitch or something along those lines there however we kind of got stuck on this one. So it's a space theme game, which I say I'm really not into, but my track record says otherwise, True. even if the theme never really jumps out and grabs me. So we're standing kind of near the booth and there's a demo table that's empty. And we're just kind of looking at the game from a few feet away, just kind of looking like, ah, eh, what do you think? Eh. Yep. Right. And then and a then, wonderful, wonderful demo guy who I would happily hire at any time. Seriously, this guy it, was he's like, like, and he's let's like, go. He's like <laughs> Rado the demoer. Oh, he's as fantastic. far as pitching games. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, you want to hear it? I said, you yeah, have two minutes. I'm not sure he asked us. He just sucked us in. There was I, right. there was no refusing. He, and he, then he said two minutes, and, and he said, did exceed that he did but it was so fascinating the way he described the game and how quick he was right. uh it he was perfect it, it kept your interest and i wanted to listen and so yeah quick overview of the game which how he pitched it was so do you know the game ti4 yes and i was like i'm familiar with it yes he says <laughs> imagine that game playable in an hour to 90 minutes yep and he says it's not that game, 
but it's inspired by that. The designer is a huge fan of that game, but he has a really hard time getting it to the table. Da 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 da. But then he he was also self-deprecating in that he's like, I know you've heard this before, and there are many games who claim to be this. So why are we the best? And then he proceeded to back it up, and right. that was that was pretty cool. Uh, short terms, very modular board. Mm -hmm. The game scaled exceptionally well. It seemed appeared so of, because of the modular board. But the kind of the hook in this game was a multiplier system. Uh, the multiplier system was whenever you play cards, uh, you get to play four cards mm -hmm. uh, in a given round, one at a time, whatever, and everybody has a, a hand of cards in which to be able to play. However, where you play it in your tableau, going left or right, it's times one, times two, times three, times four. So if it's create new ships or something along the lines, mm -hmm. wherever you play it, you're either going to create one, two, three, or four new yep. ships. But when you play it to that spot, obviously you're covering up that multiplier. So now you only have the other three for exactly. your next choices. So, and you're going to want to do multiple things, whether it be move, uh, pick up goods. Right. Or possibly combat the mm -hmm. whole nine yards. And the combat system seemed extraordinarily simple, but good. It just smooth. And yeah. I, was, I was really, really taken aback at how impressive the game just seemed as yeah. far as from design and just oh that just seems really intuitive and really simple so let's hope compelling. his pitch uh is as good as the game right. or vice versa right. actually uh and so uh we walked over and we said okay mm -hmm. so who's in charge of your media so we walked over and we met the designer and the uh owners of the mm -hmm. company and um and they were like, oh, you want a demo? I was like, I, I think we like got I, it. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I played it already. He did. And I, well, I, I apologize. I can't remember his name. But we told him his name said he was excellent. Yeah. Like legitimately mm -hmm. arguable. They knew. They seemed very, very aware. They're like, right. yes. Yeah. He's, and he's so we were like, yeah, interested in, in picking it up for the show. And they said, we're interested in giving you a copy. Yeah. All right, cool. And then along with that, they gave us a uh, game called Guards of Atlantis, which is based on a uh, MOBA, you know, um, which are, are big, you know, with those, mm -hmm. the, MOBA type the youngins out there, video game wise. What? I like MOBA. Well, I, <laughs> I, I'm terrible at them, so there's that. But yeah, Warpgate, definitely a pleasant, pleasant surprise mm -hmm. there. So two others. Then there was uh, Cosmic the Iliad. Yeah. Okay. My all-time favorite book, first off, is The Iliad and the Odyssey by Homer. Mm -hmm. So anything that has the Iliad in it, I'm like, her. And again, space theme. However, this is all about co space combat, but... Again, dexterity, but it, yep. it's a flicking game with like, magnets. Think, with magnets, to where there's like a uh, a center magnet. Yeah, like think black hole. Yes, right. To where when your ships fire, when they attack one another, and this could be you know one, uh, two, three, four player mm -hmm. game. Um, you you're flicking the the, the laser beam. There's right, a little laser whatever, you flick, right. maybe once or twice, depends on which right. ship it comes and from. And then whether or not and you that's hit. A and it, again, very simple mechanically. Yes. But the 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 bullets or the lasers or whatever it is that you're flicking, uh, depending on which type of ship and the bigger the ship, they might be able to shoot multiple times. This and that, whatever. They have a piece of metal on them to where when you flick it near this this center. 
black hole thing, well, it it's a magnet, so it attaches. You could suck it in, right. or you could hit the other ship. But the ships are magnetic too, right? So when you flick the ship, it could get sucked into the black hole. And on top of that, if you're good enough, you can kind of bend your shot using yes. the gravity assist around the black hole yes. to be able to hit ships that you wouldn't normally be able to. Yes. And then on top of that, there's a, a like an edge to the board. Right. So when you're flicking, you can actually play carom shots mm-hmm. and everything. And then there's a little bit of die rolling, but the way the die rolling oh, that was cool. uh, affects the game is there are monsters or, you know, space reavers, think mm-hmm. of them that way, that um, you know what dire- or either what direction or how many they spaces they could move and then based on a die roll whether or not they do and yes. this and that and and comets, where they move and comets can comets happen the same thing to where you can they'll if they hit ships they destroy your yes. ships but the the cool thing about the comets and those monsters was when they're moving across the grid because it's it's uh you know a grid setup they could actually go off the board and come back on the other side of the galaxy so you have to really think about where you are and not just adjacency but uh, the other side of the board adjacency right think moon map for age of steam mm-hmm. how it warps around like that this does the same thing for the comets long story long we're really, really impressed by the mm-hmm. look of this game. Now, the bad news doesn't exist yet. It's that a prototype. Yeah. Um, I think the publisher is from Bulgaria, I think he said. And they are likely to be going to Kickstarter in 2020. Um, I didn't realize this when we sat down to... No. It, it was clearly a prototype, um, but we didn't But they're know. actually still looking for publishers, too. They have right. some publisher interest, so it's going to be one or the other, right. whatever they decide. Uh, nonetheless, oh, a game that looked really interesting and compelling. Was it a super heavy strategy game? No, no. No. That's okay. That's okay. But plan to follow that and just see what happens. Okay. The next one is going to be a little bit off script here. And then I'm saving my favorite one for the the end. So then we're walking down the hall. Yeah, in hall five, down one of the aisles, right? Mm -hmm. And we passed who? Australian Design Group. And you happen to pause, look over longingly and say, well... That's a grail game right there. Well, yes and no. So Australian <laughs> Design Group. This was one of the more surreal experiences of the day, I will say. Um, yeah, we're walking down an aisle and I look over to my left and there's Australian Design Group. They've designed a little game called World in Flames. World in Flames is a legitimate monster war game. Yes. It's a big time uh, award winning game that uh, the playtime listed on BGG is 120 to 6,000 minutes. Yes. And so you probably shouldn't have mentioned to me that it was a grill game because then I immediately started to walk over and you were like, no, 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 no. I'm no. like, no, we're never streaming. I can't World do it. Flames. It's too big. Yeah. It's too much of a monster. And I was like, why? Well, okay, so, so 150 hours. World in Flames is one of those games that 
people who leave set up in their basement mm-hmm. for months at a time. Sure, sounds great. And yeah, no, I no. So <laughs> I was like, okay, it's it's not reasonable to ever expect. This is a game that's just a the table. It doesn't fit on the table. The maps are too big. These are the excuses he's making. But and the I'm gentleman like, behind the counter who, then who, says, yeah, he's he apparently is a a fan of the show. And he and, says, how about a playthrough? Right, and he's like, oh. Yeah, you know, if there's anybody in the world that could do a playthrough of World in Flames, and I then uh, basically told him and Jess to bleep off. Um, yes, but we sat you down after you. Right, I was like, no, insisted just, just it was off. impossible. That, that's just never going to happen. And I said, a, it's just too big. Plus 150. Come on, let's be realistic. It's it's a game that I've always wanted to learn about and to get involved in, but it's just not a reasonable game. So we started looking at the intro game. So so he he's like, wow, you know there are small scenarios mm-hmm. and i was like okay how small and he's like yeah you know two to three hours Sounds and perfect. i'm like oh i hate you so much so much are you kidding me so after talking about whether that would be a good intro or be valuable and everybody thought yeah that that sounds good that might be a thing that is coming down the line. Way down the line. Mm-hmm. But it originally came out in 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Again, it's a massive monster, like, con-sim world at MonsterCon game. But I, I asked about these, these short scenarios right. like this. I was like, would this still be World in Flames? I mean, seriously, or would you be losing so much of the character of the game to where it's going to be something else? And he said, you know, to be honest with you, you still, it still feels like you're playing World in Flames. Yeah. You're just a lot of the edge case rules and exactly. all the chrome. There are and definitely some rules that he said you would not be playing with, but you're getting the base feel of the game. Get familiar with that. That's why they exist right. so that you can then move forward and add in some additional rules and learn those edge cases. So, I mean, he and I were definitely on the save wave. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are volunteering me <laughs> to a learn World in Flames and then have to teach it. But I, I said, okay, because I don't know how to play it. And it is a, I mean, it's a 4.61 out of 5 on BGG. Mm-hmm. And that is on the war game scale. So that is a legit, this would be the heaviest game that ever existed in my world that I've ever tried. It, it looks at High Frontier and laughs at it. So I asked him, I said, realistically, how hard is it to learn this game? And he was like, well, it's heavier than Paths of Glory. And I'm like, well, duh, I get that. And I said, so how far past? He says, well, I don't have a really good grasp of how far past, but it's a pretty good leap past Paths of Glory. He said a big step. Right. And not a small like, step, not a giant step, but a big step. Right. And I was like, you know what? Here's the thing, though. They have two versions of World in Flames mm-hmm. at the convention. They have the Deluxe Edition yeah. and the Collector's Edition. The Collector's Edition is comically big. Think Gloomhaven. I'm not far oh, off. Oh, the box, box is size. huge. It's ridiculous, right? No, you're not far off. That that's. Right. I think it's it's thicker. And And, and Jess was like, well... You do realize that if you're ever going, 
this would be the year because shipping a pallet, pallet home. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. No, I. Uh, so I was like, okay, you give me a copy of World in Flames of, course, of yeah. this. I said then. Because the time that's going to be invested oh, this in this is going is to be astronomical. Dozens of hours. A, yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I was, And he was like. I have to check and make sure that it's cool with the rest of the guys. Right. And if so, uh, come back tomorrow and I'll let you know. And he says, but I would love to. And so I was like, I hope they say no. I know. <laughs> I'll be honest because this is terrifying to me. But at the same time, you know what? All you war gamers out there. Okay. Let's dance. Yeah, so, this is, this um, is the let's do epitome. This. And I, I would do this. Um, speaking of which, there was one other kind of surreal thinking outside the box um, experience. Today. Yes. Um, so again, in Hall 5, so apparently. Amazing things happen in Hall 5. Who, who knew? So we're walking around just randomly and we're walking down the hall and we both kind of look to our right. And there are these exotically intricate wood cut out models. Yeah. Think um if you think uh like Meeple Realty type Yeah, think inserts. inserts, but they're making them into trains and butterflies and carousels, and dice towers and, and card holders, but they're you, you make them as a puzzle and then some of them have motors uh run with uh, rubber bands and move. So the butterfly and, opens and closes its wing. Right. The train runs. Right. Trolleys run. The, the, there's a plane. Th um, uh, what's the what's the game where uh, with the, the, the looping Louie? Looping Louie. Yes. It, it's essentially that. It but without the game, but it it yes. he kind of the looping Louie like plane that. that goes around in a circle. Yeah. And I'm looking at this just as the five year old Edward going. I, I can't say I wasn't is, either. I yeah. love me some Lego, and this is like that, but. Right, intricate they, wood you know, patterns they're, they're, and design. Three D, three D, or CAD designed, whatever um, puzzles. But yeah. they're, but they're, you know. So thinking about potentially streaming, putting those together, and just kind of showing them off. Right, one of the trains, as a obviously. Yeah. And these aren't little. Like yeah. I'm talking, these are probably six inches tall, maybe four to five inches wide, mm -hmm. and like a foot long. Like yeah. this is. This has got some some size to it, and so obviously not to take the place of any content, but just as a fun thing, I, like hey, I we're going to do this, it. we're going to stream it, and, and honestly, I I want to show these things off, and right. so I uh, so we we pitched the idea to them, like hey, would you want you, us to show it right, off on the channel? Would you be interested? Yeah. And and they were like, this is a great, idea. this would be cool, this would be a lot of yeah. fun, and again, this is something that they had to check with their bosses that will be in. So yeah, we're so we'll check. see. It just. This seemed like a fun idea, something right. to Plus, do with extra. Legitimately, I want to show this off to people because I think this is probably I'd the coolest thing that I'd seen at Essen. Right. right? These kind of 3D puzzle, um, uh, like, it's something that you would keep on a shelf. Like, this would be in the studio. Yeah, we put it in right? the studio, yeah. put it back, yeah. So anyway, that was just really, really cool. And then... There was a game that we saw that we spoke about yesterday yeah. that we were like, not on the radar, but man, this looked compelling. And uh, going to do an American or an English uh, uh, pronunciation of it, and that's Yin Yang. Yes. Now, this game, we, we obviously had hope 
that it was going to be de- uh, decent, and we stopped by the booth. I don't think I had. It was beautiful. Yes, but I was worried. But luckily, we get to see the designer, right? Uh, designer and publisher, yes, of the or uh, of the game, and he gave us a a long, relatively long, ele- not an elevator pitch, but like a fifteen minute overview yes. of the game. And both you kind and of a I little were- run through, and but I was fascinated with every single thing he was showing us. Right, uh, it made sense and just really again layered um, all of the different mechanisms on on top of each other using. Ying and yang, but based on coins. Right. The uh, the theme of the game is set in uh, ancient China. The publisher is BG Nations. Yeah. And I I believe it the the owner of the publishing house was also the developer on this game and not the designer. But the the premise of the game, the yin yang, I don't know the history or or the, you know how much the superstition and luck and all of this comes into play, because you start out with some metal coins, and there are six coins, and you put them into a metal turtle shell. You shake it up; it's essentially like a like a a cup, a, a dice cup, but it's for coins, and you spill it out of the the metal. Uh, turtle shell and the coins end up essentially heads, heads or, or tails. tails and then there these coins are used in two different steps during the during your player's turn and how you align and arrange the coins whether it's heads heads tails right heads tails so he said it's or- the fate of the gods that gives you your number of yin and your number of yang but then you have free will as a person to take that fate from the gods and align them with the choices that you're going to make in the game and you do that in multiple different places in the game starting with an extra action that you can take that maybe you want to guarantee but then your lineup is you know oh i have yin yin yang that's going to allow me to take this action movement or i have all yin so you're just making these choices with the coins once you do so you get to choose uh your actions but then you're scoring on a map for kind of an area control based or on area majority area right. majority yeah, yeah, yeah. right um based on some movement you can do from some of those actions but you also have this really cool set collection on your board that you're doing where you collect these gemstones and maybe you have jade or you have rubies but you have specific places you can put them on your board and you want to create Bingo. Right. So if you're thinking, you know, five in a row horizontal, five mm-hmm. in a row vertical or diagonal, mm-hmm. or maybe it's only four, but yes. nonetheless, um, because what that does is that's going to uh, unlock the ability to do certain end game scoring, scoring kind of milestone. But then things. the cool thing is, if you happen to have gotten a lot of jade, one of the end game scorings, for example, is you get you score double on the amount of jade you have. You can maybe manipulate that jade scoring token from where it was to where you got four in a row so that you make sure you unlock that one because you're only unlocking the end row of where you got Bingo. And you, you're you able to do that 
doubling back from the fate of the gods because it depends how you arrange the coins. So it, maybe you needed it heads, heads, tails, but then now you're left with maybe tails, 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 which is not the action you want right. to be able to take. But to be able to manipulate that in-game scoring tile, you have to kind of waste half of a turn or an entire turn to manipulate these in the right order. Fascinating. Everything about this game was just, you and I were just, uh-huh, I'm in. Oh, 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 that's more, cool. More, yeah, I'm more. In for the, oh, the, uh, yes. Yeah. And it just kept So I can't say better. there was a unique mechanism. It was just the way that these were layered. I've never seen that before. Not at all. And yeah. on top of that, when you couple it with how the theme is tied to the mechanisms, right. the whole fate of the god, you have free will because you have I six, loved it when he you said have that. six coins. Yes. You can arrange them in any order that you want for three of a kind. Yes. Here's or what you've been provided. Now work right. with it. And yeah. now okay, so if you want this super awesome action, well this other one might suck because of, you know, the way the the fate of the gods yeah. turned out so there is that randomness but it's it's mitigatable and it's it's adjustable and it was just everything about this game literally everything about this game had me excited and chomping yeah. at the bit to the point that it is the first game that i will tell folks that we're hand carrying this one home right i don't want to have to wait on this one, this is legitimately the game that has me most excited so far of all the. So Discovery this is the games. one you're going to read the rule book on the plane on the way home. Oh, uh, completely! Like I'll be ready to, you know, play this day one. You think you found that game? We'll see. I hope. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't doubt you. I actually really, really took to what he was explaining and how the game was was laid out, but. We have three more days. So. There is a, you know what? I hope it ends up not being the one. I know. Can you imagine if there's something you're like, nope, this one outranks yeah. this because this looks good. It really does. So it's mm -hmm. Yin Yang, uh, published in 2019, obviously, uh, from BG Nation. So yeah, this is one that I have now, now that I've actually gotten the overview and I understand the mechanisms and the whole night and the way they kind of uh, intertwine, mm -hmm. legitimately has me super stoked to dig into this one. So definitely uh, hoping to show this off soon on the show. Awesome. All right. Uh, then after that, uh, we had a, a little, uh, we got invited to a little, I don't know, like cocktail party, a little soiree. So one thing. of the things that Essen, and this happens at some conventions to Gen Con as well, is people might gather at the booth or Gen Con, it's usually in one of the open playrooms. But um, at Essen, it's right at the booth. You might go and meet up with a publisher, or in this case, it was backer kit for a little gathering to talk about things right just and see. so you know they they it was catered mm -hmm. uh they had bottles of wine they yeah. had lots of beers there and everything etc and it's just a chance for people to both kind of just shoot the breeze and hey how was your first day at Essen? right you know, how did it go that type thing but also to network and do all of yeah. those things so that went really really well and then after that uh food we uh, need to dinner oh my, my feet were killing me and um, we hadn't eaten since breakfast. So at this point, we headed out and like, what do you want? And ended up at a local uh, 
Il Pompadero, yeah, I think. Il, Il Pompadero, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I didn't have high expectations for. Neither did I. And it was fantastic, yeah. actually. So anybody looking for something close to uh, the Mesa, I would highly recommend it. Right. The the, the server um, fantastic. spoke no English whatsoever. Except for one word. One word. Tip. At the end, it was it. it he, but he did so. It was in a way so funny. Was He's really like funny. American. I know it, one more, word more. in English is tip, and the rest of those words other than tip were in bro, in Italian. But we could understand what he was going right. for. So, but uh, yes, tip. The the uh, both things that you and I were going to order were both out because yes. it was late. And, you know, this is nine something. At, I at can't say that my second choice was bad. No, was uh, you ended up getting a, a pizza. Yeah. I ended up. Uh, uh, I saw a steak come out, a, a pfeffercorn, and I was like, ooh. And I was like, no, let's go pasta. And then he was out of the bolognese, and he was like, here, I'll bring you something. I was like, done. Ended up being an amazing meal. Uh, I tip at the end of it because of the joke there at the end, which I was going to anyways. I used to be Americans in the tip. I, I, I always feel like you travel, you tip the same as the country you're from. I understand right. that different countries, you can tip less or because or they get paid or, a right, better yeah. wage. I tip American, just it doesn't matter. Right. Like, I, that's I fine. Well. I'd rather tip more. And then after uh, we finish, as we're, we're the last folks in a restaurant because we're late, and he was like, hold on. Uh, it, 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 again, kind of a, a broken Italian. Yeah, there English, were no whatever. English words. Um, grappa. He, he's like, grappa. And I was like, okay. So walked on back, and he poured three shots of grappa, <laughs> and we all. The funny know, part about that was he. He poured two very small, or one, it, one small shot of grappa, yes. saying it was for me, right. and then two large ones. And then he <laughs> took the small one, and he's like, this one's mine. You guys have to take the large <laughs> shot. So, you know, yeah. uh, salute, uh, did the shot. So that then, was pretty nice. Yeah, that was and fun. And then yeah. uh, was going to walk back to the hotel, but they have uh, Lime scooters all over the city. And so we jumped on a couple of scooters and scooted our way back to the hotel. That was enjoyable. It really was. A nice evening. The weather's been great here. Mm -hmm. It's cool. So it, it felt good after the hall was excruciatingly hot yeah. today. But uh, yeah, really excited That's to get back one. into it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have the meetup tomorrow and we have Board and Dice booth from three to six. So that's it. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. You guys have a great night. Check out Yin Yang on BGG. There's some pictures there. And I really hope it lives up to the anticipation that I have for Me it. Me too. Cool. All right. Have a good night, guys. Night.